Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, it's playoff push time. Let's push all the way through to the highest pick we can get, dude. That's right. Let's do it. Let's push all the way to the... Number 13. Let's do it. Let's get as high a pick as we can, dude. I'm looking for that, dude. That's the goal. That's the goal, dude. I don't know why. I am surprised (laughs) by how the Sharks have played since we last recorded, dude. Yes, and when we last recorded, it certainly looked like the the Sharks were out. They They were 10 points out. They had lost four of five. Dead, dead as roadkill on Lawrence Expressway, dude. That's true. And now the Sharks have gotten points in their last four. They've gotten points and have climbed to... Five points behind Winnipeg. Yep. And if you're looking at the situation, especially the news today that Dustin Bufflin essentially lost for the remainder of the regular season, he's going to be out for four games with a suspension. Winnipeg, with their schedule, Vancouver, St. Louis, Calgary, Minnesota, and Colorado, suddenly looks extremely vulnerable. Yep. The Kings have not been playing well. Their schedule is... Not that hard. Two Edmonton games, Vancouver, Calgary, Colorado, and the Sharks. They've got a game in hand. They're also three points up on the Sharks. So, dude, let me ask you this. Yeah. With the Sharks schedule. Easy schedule. They've got an easy schedule. They're basically playing five games against non-playoff teams currently. Yeah. Count LA. Yeah. What? percentage chance do you give the sharks of getting into the playoffs this year five percent five percent yeah something like that <laughs> but honestly it's going to be more because of course that they're, they're going to win all these games right? <laughs> it would make sense against all odds right i mean yeah. no vlasic yeah he's out basically well they haven't said he's out for the rest of the year mueller's out essentially out mueller's essentially out um but you know, with with I think the thing that's the most frustrating about this is, you know, they're pronounced dead, basically dead mm-hmm. on arrival. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Patrick Marlowe is like, well, I could play a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Isn't that nice? He's got five points. Yeah. In the last four, dude. I and know. before that, he had one in the previous four. Yep. So, yep. you know, when they when they actually were within striking distance, he was a phantom. And the irony is now Joe Thornton has completely evaporated. He has zero points during this win streak, dude. Zero. Yeah, that's weird. Which is really bizarre. Brent Burns, Couture, Tierney. That's been a great thing to see if you're looking for real bright spots. I mean, Chris Tierney has shown some real offensive upside. And where the hell has Taylor Fadun been? Why why has this poor person... Been buried in Worcester. He doesn't look. He looks like a player. Yeah, he does. He right? looks good. He doesn't certainly looks better than some of the other options we've had. You know, bless Scott Hannon and his broken face. But yeah, 
you know, why has he been buried in Worcester for so long? We, we I think, don't know the I think answer. defensively, I think they always knew he was an offensive threat, but defensively, I don't think the team trusted him enough. And even if you're, you got some offensive pop, a la Brent Burns, uh, if you're a rookie, that's just not going to cut it. You got to be responsible in your own end as a defenseman. And I think they just weren't comfortable bringing him up. And now seems like he has a little bit of something that they're looking for. So, you know, I guess I, I don't realize how things could have gotten any much worse, you know, at certain points where you weren't willing to give him an extended look. Anyways, yeah. it's besides the point. I mean, the Sharks have been playing well. I mean, they... They whooped Colorado last night. Yes, they did. And in a game that was uh, fairly dull for oh, yeah. the first half, and then the Sharks really came to life, and the score is a, a touch misleading. I mean, right. it, because of the two empty net goals, including John Scott uh, getting an empty netter. But, you know, a win is a win nonetheless, dude. And the Sharks are technically still in it with some very winnable games, including back-to-back with Arizona coming up dude they'll no doubt lose both of those games the sharks <laughs> yes no i i completely disagree with you i think the sharks are going to run the table until they get to the kings and i i don't know if they'll be within striking distance by that point you know la is is completely in control of being in front of the sharks i mean they're three points ahead of the sharks mm-hmm. plus a game in hand when I mean, they're really going to have to blow it mm-hmm. with two games against edmonton you know to to let the Sharks back into this. Right. Um, you know, Winnipeg looks... Uh, I, I'm going to say right now, they're not going to make it. I mean, I, I think... Winnipeg's not going to make it. I don't think they're going to make it. I think the Kings are going to pass them, dude. I mean, they, they've they got Vancouver, St. Louis, Minnesota, Calgary, and oh, Colorado. That sucks. That sucks for them. And no Bufflin. I think that team, they may wet themselves down the stretch, which would be really sad for that franchise yeah. and for the that fan base but it would be so la kingsy right to oh, just yeah. come in and grab that last playoff just spot gut it out right just to gut it out and then you know you're you're the ducks or the blues looking down going oh, oh god man, really? <laughs> yeah you know um anyways dude the I, sh- I should alive. Men- i should mention before we get too far deep into this Last episode was our 300th episode. I know, episode. dude. I know. And I really, I, I had the presence of mind to not mention it at all in the last one. So we got an email from Scott saying, congratulations. We forgot to mention it. And he wanted to say, congratulations. Keep up the good work and enjoy the summer off. Thank I, you. Thank you, I Scott. Th- I think is Scott's way of saying that the Sharks are not going to make the playoffs. Which... Well, I think this summer is going to be incredibly interesting, actually. Right. So, uh, we live for the gossip and the speculation, so it is will hardly be a summer off. Dude. Yeah, we'll be here. We'll, we'll be, be here. We'll be here. We'll be here waiting to, to dude, share all of our speculation with you. So another important note is something we mentioned last week. At least we did get one of our wishes coming true, and that's Alex Stalock has started the last three games. That's right. He had a 95 save percentage last night. He had a 94 save percentage against Pittsburgh, and he had the win against Philly. Um. And now he's sick. And now, yeah, now and now he's sick. Yeah. So he, I mean, they've basically come out and said he's not going to play tomorrow night. I heard he was sick, sick last night. Yeah. I heard um, he and niemi has been sick, so Niemi is is going to play, which is you know frankly disappointing. I mean, you, but although you figure it in a back to back situation, Nemo was going to get one of those games. I mean, hopefully Stalock will be able to play on Saturday. And 
Man, Staylock, last four games, 1.2 goals allowed and 945 save percentage. I mean, this guy should be playing out the stretch. And, you know, I mean, Niemi's time in San Jose is is done. We we essentially know that as to be a fact. Mm-hmm. And uh, Staylock should play, if healthy, four out of the last five games. I hope so. And see if he can continue... Maybe not quite at that torrid stretch, but to keep his goals against around, you know, the the very low twos and to be in a nine twenty or so save percentage would be a great target. Mm-hmm. And to really look at him and go, well, can he be part of the solution moving forward? In a way, this is almost the most uh, assuming the Sharks really aren't in a position to make it to the playoffs, which, as you said, the Kings can certainly prevent. Uh, assuming that continues to be the case, I think this is really the most exciting storyline to watch for the rest of the season for Sharks fans is to see Alex Daylock could really play himself into uh, into a good position if if he does the right things and plays well here in the last few games. I know a lot of us wanted this to happen far earlier in the year and for him to be given much more of a chance. And I think there will be competition for Staylock uh, regardless come fall, but at least he can put himself in the driver's seat. If he basically craps the bed and just gets pulled from a number of games, then you got to think the Sharks aren't, aren't going to be looking for a duel. They're going to be looking for someone to replace him. Right. And, and that's what I'm hoping doesn't happen. This poor guy has been kind of snake bit, you know, his professional career, you know, uh, severing the nerve, right. you know, having a, a long recovery from that. Now when he's on a roll and playing the best hockey of his uh, NHL career, he's sick and he's going to have to miss a game. And you hope that that doesn't mean that he's going to miss two and then three and then be weak and not be able to, to recover because, you know, this is a great opportunity for him, dude. You know, in a situation where, you know, the Sharks in the offseason are going to be making some big decisions and, you know, there was speculation on Hockey Central whether the Sharks were going to be one of the teams that takes a run at Devin Dubnik in the offseason. You know, Devin mm-hmm. Dubnik uh, has played his way into quite a payday, yeah. I think, uh, in the offseason. Uh, that's a topic for a few months away, I think. But yeah. I know I'd be certainly a little nervous about handing out a four or five year deal to Devin Dubnik after he's played maybe 40 good games in the NHL, but someone's going to do it. You know, someone's going to do it. Um, So what will they do? You know, we don't know, but we're certainly rooting for Stalock to, to be in the driver's seat. I have to say, dude, for me, the most interesting storyline moving forward is, you know, not just watching Alex Stalock, but seeing if the Worcester Sharks, can make the playoffs because mm-hmm. if the Worcester Sharks can make the playoffs, that means we're going to see Barkley Goudreau, Tyranny, Hurdle, and Goldolbin go down there and play out a playoff run with the Worcester Sharks, who are already a good team without them. And now you add four potential NHL level talents to that roster. Could they make, how fitting would it be, dude, mm-hmm. for the Worcester Sharks to win the cup yeah. in their last year in Worcester. You've got to imagine that the players there that have been there for a while might really be motivated to do that. I would love to see that. And and how what a great, great story that would be. So 
I'm interested in that. I'm hoping that these young kids don't get hurt in these last five games. And if the Sharks don't make the playoffs, they're going to go down there and play, you know, 18, 20 minutes a night and really be instrumental in, in what the Worcester Sharks could do down the stretch. And in other news about the AHL team, the, the name and the logo and the jerseys have been released. They are going to be called the San Jose Barracuda. We had a little bird tell us that was probably going to be the name, I think, like a month ago or when it was first announced. So that person ends up being right. And, uh, of course, there's the sponsorship tie-in with Barracuda Networks, a local technology company, uh, sponsoring the team in some fashion. So before you get your panties in a bunch about all that don't forget uh the anaheim mighty ducks in the 90s which was basically <laughs> right. a disney creation named after their own movie i don't mind it dude to be honest i mean it has something to do with the parent club yeah it fits in with the overall theme of the franchise i think it's kind of fun and i think it's cool i think the logo is cool yeah. i like the jerseys i'm definitely getting sure. a jersey absolutely it's absolutely. gonna be neat i'm, I'm gonna re- i'm gonna be there you know probably at least uh, several times a year. I think I, I'm, I'll be in More than you are at the Sharks this year, dude. It's true. Well, I'll <laughs> tell you what. I'm going to be able to take my kid nice. and and not feel bad if I leave after a period because right. we paid $14 for the ticket that's instead right. of paying 60 Right. And that's going to be a big deal. I mean, they're selling lower bowl season tickets for $400 a seat. Nice. You know, so, I mean, this is going to be the atmosphere that they're going to attract. They're going to get that San Jose Giants mm-hmm. crowd, a very loyal fan base that goes to to those games. I'm sure they're going to be giving away tickets, you know, just like the San Jose Giants do at Trader Joe's. You yeah. know, you go in there and giving away tickets. They should. Yeah. You know, just get people there because if people go, new people exposed to hockey that aren't normally there, they're just going to be making, you know, the product, the NHL product more attractive. So I'm excited. No, the, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the it. The new Pacific Division dude has uh, the Bakersfield Condors, the Oilers uh, franchise, the or- Ontario Reign, that's mm-hmm. the Kings franchise, the San Diego Gulls, yeah. that's the Ducks franchise, and the Stockton Heat, which could be really fun, dude. We could drive to Stockton and see some some AHL action. The Heat are the Flames franchise. Dude. Okay, so, the Heat, yeah, that um, makes sense. That, that, that city's had several different allegiances over the last few years. Yeah. Uh, Stockton was Edmonton property, and then they were Sharks property, and then uh, they are now Calgary property. Right, but they they draw a lot of fans in Stockton. They do, they do. So I think this is only only good news, and I think it'll be a lot easier for not just fans but management to keep tabs on prospect development and. You know, it makes sense. I mean, the Sharks play the majority of their games in the, you know, the Western time zones, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if there's an injury, they could get a player to the team way, way faster than they can by having the player be all the way in Worcester. It's it's silly. And I'm glad they finally worked it out, not just for the Sharks, but for, you know, any of the Western franchises that want to take advantage of it. Yep, yep. So that, that'll be definitely something to watch. And I guess we'll have to find out if we can watch Worcester Sharks playoff hockey. Should they make the playoffs? Yeah, I think you can. You just have to pay for it oh. uh, by watching, uh, buying the package through AHL Live. But I've done that before. I remember yeah. I did it when Logan Couture went there from the Ottawa 67s and joined them for, I think, a few playoff games. And I, I might do it, dude. I'm, yeah. I, especially if uh, you know Tierney and Goldobin are down there playing together. Hurdles playing. I mean, you got to imagine this. This could be huge for for Tomas Hurdle 
to go down there, have some success, score, you know, a point or two a game and be a dominant player and lead the team on a playoff run. It does make sense. Now I understand why they sent him down there at the All-Star break. It really does make sense. And I think I was very critical of that mood. I would like to take it back, dude. Because I taking think, it back. Uh, I am taking it back because I think uh, at that point, Doug Wilson knew this was a possibility. And it looks like that's going to be the reality. They did not send down Matt Nieto. So as far as I know, he's not going to be able to go down, I don't think. Is he, dude? I mean... I think he's got too many games he might have to clear away right and there's no way they would do that yeah. i think you had to make him ahl playoff roster eligible right and he would not be right but uh Fadun will be and uh certainly um matt tennyson and that those that group they'll be down there mueller if he was healthy now this is the other question of mueller uh has been ruled out for the rest of i i thought it was interesting i went back and looked at the wording of that the rest of the nhl regular season Okay. Was the quote. So if he's hurt but not seriously hurt, Marco Mueller might be down there playing in the AHL playoffs, which could be a really good thing for him too. Yeah, that would be cool. I would definitely like to see some playoff hockey. That's a team that deserves some playoff hockey. They haven't had a ton of it lately. so Make it so. Make it so, dude. Um, so, dude, looking forward, you mentioned, of course, the Sharks have five games left. They don't have uh, a lot of tough competition except for L.A. on the final game of the season. Uh, looking at an email from Alex here, he says the playoffs are but a hope, but he says, I hope if the Sharks don't make it, they can six-pack the Kings. Do you think that is the most likely situation, dude? That it's going to come down to where the Sharks could be spoilers on the final day of the season. What's going to happen here? That I mean, that would be a hilarious ending, <laughs> right? If yeah. the Kings... If the Kings are in a win-and-you're-in game and the Sharks go to LA and beat them, yeah. that might make all of the crap that we've gone through this season actually a little bit worth it. But I mean, there's the other part of me that just, it makes me feel I I'm, I'm disappointed that we're likely not going to be a playoff team, but our pick will be so high that we were not going to be able to get the type of player that can really help change the forecast of this team. You know, we'll be picking 14th instead yeah. of, instead of ninth. And you know, that's, that's the reality. I mean, that's going to be how it is. And that's when you have a coach in here that I think feels like he's coaching for his job mm-hmm. and coaching, not just for his job here, but coaching for his job all around the NHL. So yeah, of course, if that game happens, I'm going to be watching it, dude. Yeah. And I'm going to be rooting for the sharks. That's right. To take out that Kings, dude. <laughs> that would be amazing. Take them down, curb stomp them. Just like American history X. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lovely. <laughs> well, dude, we have another email here. This is a, a international an international email. Jules, who is from Poland, ah. which is amazing. Although he was raised in London, Ontario. So that's why he's such a big hockey fan. But um, so Jules has several questions for us. So I'm going to I'll I'll take this time to go through them. You Of course, you can always email us at questions at dudesonhockey.com. We do, of course, have a Twitter feed and Facebook and all that other social media crap. So you can message us on those. But questions at dudesonhockey.com is probably the clearest path to having your uh, missive read on the air. So let's give it to Jules. He wanted to ask us, how would we feel if the Sharks got an above average backup goalie from a team with a great number one goalie? Like Jones from LA, Mrazek from Detroit, or maybe Darling from Chicago. Would you like to have the 1A and 1B goalie thing between Staylock and one of those candidates? sort of like Toronto. I'm not saying trade Niemi because I doubt that would happen. 
What is your opinion on getting a goalie like this? Um, I I would, I want to get a talented goalie, you know, so uh, we haven't really seen the 1A, 1B scenario work out very well. Um, it certainly for, hasn't worked out in Toronto. <laughs> you know, teams that are um, successful seem to have goalies that, are the clear number ones. Now we've had situations this year clearly where, you know, in Winnipeg, you know, there's been a bit of a goalie coup, you know, in mm-hmm. Ottawa, there's been that yeah. huge story with the Hamburglar, right? Yeah. yeah. Kind of coming in and taking over. Uh, one of those two guys is going to be available, I think for sure. And the other thing is that that kid Hutchinson's going to be available too. He's an unrestricted free agent. dude. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to buy into that. You know, I don't want to give him a lot of money, but how are they going to let him walk away? Yeah. They're not going to be able to. So, I mean, the sharks are going to be faced with the decision where you go, okay, well, um, first of all, I don't think any of the players that you listed are going to be available. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the Blackhawks are going to have to have, choose between Darling and uh, Ronta, right? Mm-hmm. But um, Ronta may not be a terrible choice no, either. Right. I mean, and, and you bring him in, you have competition, but eventually I want to see one of the guys play 50-plus games and not have it be a 50-50 split between. Yeah. But... but Craig Anderson, you know, is a player that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. He's got term on his contract. The Sharks would would have the cap room to absorb a player like that for, I think he's got maybe two more years. You know, you might be able to get him for nothing Mm -hmm. because they are in a really bad spot. If you can get him for a mid-draft pick or something or a prospect that's not, you know, you trade Matt Tennyson in a fourth for Craig Anderson. I mean, don't you... Don't you have to really think about that? I think you have to think about it, but I do kind of like the way Jules is thinking here because I think the the top the top goalies are not available and the the bracket that I want the Sharks to stay out of is sort of the bracket that they've been in the last couple of years, which is the sort of 5 through 15 ranked goalies or the 5 through 20 ranked goalies. I want the Sharks to stay out of that. And I think Devin Dubnik is in that bracket as well. Mm-hmm. I think obviously he could be wildly overpaid. I'd rather see a guy like one of these backups, like Mrazek, who's almost for sure not going to be available. But right. let's say he would. Like I would love to get a guy like that, sure, because that's a guy who has potential to grow. It's not going to cost you a lot of money to get him, and you see these guys move up and down the standings in terms of results every single year. Like a guy like Devin Dubnik, who was in the ECHL. Didn't we see him play when we watched Stockton? We did. We did. It was yeah. Devin Dubnik and Net when we saw the ECHL a few well, years ago. Well, he back. was on waivers last. Right. I mean, he was yeah. he was on waivers last year. Exactly. So so, so you got a guy like that who who is a has a meteoric rise to the top. It could easily be somebody else. There's no reason to pay four million dollars or three million dollars for a, a goalie like that. Like go get one of these sort of middle of the pack guys that you think has some has some potential. Yeah. That's well, who I think the Sharks should get. And if he challenges Staylock, then good on him. You're talking me into it, dude. You're talking me into it. I kind of like this idea. All right. Uh, actually, only great ideas come out of Poland. <laughs> it's true. He, Jules also has an idea how to solve the tanking pro, uh, problem. And instead of giving the highest chance for the first pick to the 30th team, why not give it to the 17th team, then the 18th and the 19th? So basically, you reward the team that almost made it to the playoffs, and you prevent the teams from the bottom to play bad for the last 10 or more games in the season. The main goal for most teams is make it to the playoffs. 
And if the, if the GM sees it's not going to happen, then they're going to end up tanking. What do you think about this idea, dude? I've heard this idea before from other sources, but what do you think? I don't know. We, we've never talked about it on the podcast. This whole tanking business seems to be, I mean, well, at least in, in the modern NHL or the last few years seems to be kind of a new thing, you yeah. know, but because there are franchise changing players available two of them Mm -hmm. this year um, to finish first or second or especially first is uh, so valuable. I don't know. Like, I think if you're, if you're legitimately sucky, like you're just a bad team. Yeah. Like, I don't think Edmonton intended to tank. I don't think they meant to be bad this year. They just suck. They just suck. Yeah. And I think that um, Arizona and Buffalo intended to be bad. And I don't think Carolina intended to be bad either. Intended to be this bad. Right. You know? So, um, I don't know. What about like a, what about, what about a playoff tournament between <laughs> the teams that don't make the playoffs? And if you win it all, you get the pick. I like that idea, actually. Because <laughs> then like it, a one day or, or not even like a series, like a play in, you know? Like you have like a four team bracket, one game, you know, two extra games at the end of the year. <laughs> you win two games, you get the number one pick. Would that be cool? I I mean, I think that would be cool. I mean, it, it would be hard. Like if you're legitimately bad, like just a legitimately bad team um, and you lose those games because yeah. you suck, yeah. then you have the fourth pick or whatever. Right, right. I mean, but but maybe it's a situation that if you're Buffalo and you're the worst team, you know, the furthest they could move down is two. Right. Like they, they're the worst. So if they don't win the tournament, they're, they're second. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But the sharks who are the best of the worst, Uh they could win the tournament and all of a sudden have Connor McDavid. Oh, so you're saying like all the teams that don't make the playoffs are in this tournament. All of them. I think that's too many games. Well then what's, then what's the motivation to not just be one of the worst four? Well, see, this is where Jules thing comes in. You give it to the team, the first team that doesn't make the playoffs. What's wrong with this idea? Because then the Kings might get Connor McDavid. <laughs> How is that fair? Yeah, I know. You know, or you might end up in a situation like that's going to be in the NBA this year, where it looks like the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to make the playoffs, but just barely. But if they didn't, they're not going to make the playoffs because they didn't have Kevin Durant yeah. for most of the year. Right. So what if the situation is, let's say, uh, the Penguins don't make the playoffs next year because Sidney Crosby hurt himself again, so yeah. then, or this year, so they get Connor McDavid. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's very dangerous because sometimes those teams that just miss, like the Kings, mm-hmm. they're going to get Connor McDavid. I think there would, I mean, people would pass out and have heart attacks right. if that was the case, you know? Right. Um, yeah, you're right. We're not necessarily talking about teams that were fighting and fighting and fighting to make the playoffs and just missed. You're also talking about teams that were in the playoffs, were in the mi- playoffs, were in the playoffs, and then just ate it and fell out. Right. Yeah. So that's the other problem. I mean, finding, I don't know how, I don't know how you fix this. I mean, I think that they have adjusted the lottery for the year after next so mm-hmm. that the the worst team could fall all the way to fourth, you know, based mm-hmm. on how the lottery's weighted. Um, why they didn't apply that to this year, I don't know, because this year's the whole problem. Yeah. But I guess you can't do that like mid-season, like you can't like make that kind of change on a team that already has made plans to suck. And the other <laughs> thing is, is that 
for one, these these teams are bad, and and what you don't really want is you don't want, like want a permanent underclass, which you know if Buffalo sucks and let's say they get the number thirteen pick, well the number thirteen pick traditionally, I mean you could hit a home run, but generally it's not like a game changing kind of player, right? If you look at the last like you know fifteen years of the number thirteen pick, like you're not gonna find like it's not like all Mike Madano and stuff, so. For the most part, if you get a team that's just terrible year, year after year, they're most likely going to be terrible the next year because the pick isn't going to help them enough. Right. Well, this is where the EPL maybe gets it right, right? That's where you have I relegation. Mean, yeah, don't know, get me started on that. Uh, I love relegation. So if you're Buffalo um, and you're the worst, if you're the worst two teams, how about this, dude? Yeah. If you're the worst two teams or you're in the bottom three, just like EPL, right? Mm-hmm. You're in the bottom three. You get sent down. To the AHL. To the AHL. Yeah. And the fourth worst team gets the number one pick. Or how about the team that wins? The team that wins the AHL yeah. Cup gets the number one pick. Yeah. So, but I, don't like that. I don't like that idea as much. You couldn't have any affiliation between the franchises anymore. They yeah. have to be run independently, which would be a, a problem. Right. But now you're, I mean, we're getting, whoa, this is a big discussion. Yeah. Like you're getting into a whole thing with now there would be, you know, the San Jose Barracuda would actually be a, you know, like the Spurs have the junior Spurs, right? right and right. they're operated as like an NHL level two. So you still have those franchises, but now you have these additional franchises that have nothing to do with the NHL, your your uh, Seattle's, your Las Vegas's, these teams start anew in a rogue league, and they can break their way into it. That way, I, if you suck, you're punished. I do like the relegation idea, and I I do sort of uh, I I sympathize with Jules on this point in that you don't really want to reward uh, teams for tanking, but I think it is a little bit different this year because you have McDavid, who is such like a generational sure. talent. I think if you were had a weak draft year, you wouldn't necessarily have this kind of behavior. So I'm not I don't think giving the number 1 pick to the 17, you know, to the number 17 team is a is really a good idea long term because it will create a permanent underclass. I wish you could have a little fun with it and maybe like have it sort of like even or like the number 17 pick doesn't get a high pick but the number 18 does. And then the number 19 doesn't and mm-hmm. the number 20 does, you know, it's like, right. So there's like all this sort of like weird jockey for <laughs> position at the end of the year. Like that right. could be really interesting. Right. Cause you do want to make those last games sort of interesting. And that's why relegation is so fun because it would change. I mean, it would change the way teams operate completely. We yeah. would no longer see if there's relegation at stake, we would no longer see Yager for a second and a third. Because right. New Jersey would want to keep Yager to keep from being relegated. Right. So it really does alter how the strong teams are adding pieces. They wouldn't be able to add pieces for future assets like we do now. Right. So it changes but it would, everything. It would have to change like the way all of like right. hockey leagues in North America are structured. Sure. So that's it's not going to happen. That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But it's a good idea. It's a good idea. So ah. anyway... I, I'm. Uh, it's cool that we have a fan from Poland writing in, dude. It's cool that the Love Sharks it. are now striving to get to the number thirteen pick. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, dude. I'm. I'm so positive that they're gonna win these next four games. I just. I, <laughs> I'm so positive of it. Like I just think they're. You know uh, how they are. Like they have that something's clicked for them. They've gotten points in four straight, and. 
I think that there's while there's pressure, they don't feel it anymore. Yeah. Like there, no one's expecting them to do anything. For some reason, because my predictions for the Sharks this year have been so bad, I'm predicting they're going to drop at least one to Arizona, no. just because that makes no sense. And no. that's exactly what the Sharks have been this year. They, they're not gonna. They're gonna win both those games, and they're gonna win at home versus Dallas, and they'll probably be just close enough, dude. Like. They'll be just close enough where these final two games against Edmonton and L.A., they'll actually matter. Like, they'll (laughs) actually matter. I mean, that game against L.A. and San Jose, if Winnipeg takes a dump, that could be for the last wild card That could be for the play. It could be. It really could be. Yeah. And, I mean, what a story would that be? Dude, you know that's going to happen. No. Dude. No. You know it's going to happen. I don't think so. Yes. And then what will we do? I don't know. At that point, we'll have to. We have you to have to kick it into gear because yeah. I would rather them make the playoffs than have the 14th pick. Oh, me too. So absolutely, you know, it's at that point, dude. If the boys are going to make a push, dude, and they're not going to get finish in like a low pick, then screw it. We got to go for it. Then let's go for it. Screw it. Let's go in and get swept. Go! Sharks. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Go Sharks! Go! Worcester Sharks. Ah, this completely neuters the Worcester Sharks, by the way. I want That's to the other point thing, that yeah. out. Then we get that. to, it also has the added benefit of screwing the Worcester Sharks. That's right, Sharks, which, which the San Jose Sharks love to do. They've done so it on a regular basis. It's the basis. perfect script, dude. Go! Make it so. Sharks! Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.